it's time for another Age Unsquared episode. It's the Stevie Y episode. That's number 19 for you non-hockey folk out there. Once again, I'm your host, Adrian, the original Age Harasimu. Of course, you can call me just Age. Still broadcasting to you from deep within the prairie land of Canada. Welcome back to the Unsquared Journey as we continue our way to the pinnacle. I'm thrilled you're back to spend another 0.02% of your week with me. I truly do feel blessed and honored that you make this podcast a part of your weekly routine. And if you're just joining us for the first time, thank you so very much as well for joining today. But be sure to thank the person who recommended this podcast to you. I know your finances will thank you too. Why? Because today we're going to cover that dirty financial word called insurance, and then we're going to discuss my take on an issue with investment professionals today. So buckle up and enjoy this ride into episode number 19. But as always, and first of all, I'm going to start this episode off by bringing up a quote I shared this past Monday as part of my Motivational Monday series on social media, where, if you didn't know, on Mondays I share a quote to inspire and motivate us to lead better and more fulfilling lives. Some quotes even remind us that attaining such better lives isn't always easy, but it's worth the journey nonetheless. So, if you haven't already, I invite you to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram to see these and other posts I put up on a regular basis. This week, I shared a quote from Jim Rohn, who said, quote, Time is more valuable than money. You can get more money, but you cannot get more time. End quote. I'm sharing this quote with you, my friends, because it is one that resonates with some of the work we're doing here. Far too often we see the relentless and never-ending chase for riches. We regularly see dollar signs in people's eyes as they go about their daily lives, coming in to talk to us about their financial plans and financial dreams, forever chasing that dream of more money. It's always about more money, more money, more money. But rarely does anyone ever ask why. Why do you feel like you need a million dollars for retirement? Or whatever that number may be to you. I'm not saying you do or you don't need it, but many people just assume they need some particular number. They fabricate it out of thin air because it makes them sound rich. Sure, some of their answers to justify it are about time, such as, quote, I want more time to read, end quote, or maybe, quote, I want more time to travel the world, end quote. But few people focus on that one word, time. Rather than experiencing life and spending time appreciating the journey, they're focusing on the destination. And believe me, I know, this has been a regular battle for me too. This also hits closer to home for me. For those of you who listened to episode 0, know that my father passed away much too early in life. In fact, he passed away about a year before his intended retirement. So if you think about it, he spent much of his working life spending time to save for retirement, but never got to reap the rewards. Granted, while I knew about some of his retirement plans, I don't know what all of them were. The point being that he spent most of his time preparing for something that never came for him. Instead, what he did save was left for my mother, who frankly has found no enjoyment in spending his hard-earned retirement. So what am I trying to say here? By no means am I advocating for not building yourself a nest egg and legacy. If you have a passion and a goal in mind for a life of financial independence, I am all for it. It's what I'm working towards myself. But, as with many things in life, it's important to bring balance, 
and realize that the time we're spending chasing that financial independence will never be recuperated. For those espousing the harm of using non-renewable resources, what is time if not a non-renewable resource? And while I mentioned in the last episode that I will no longer push people into what I termed a chaotic lifestyle from an orderly one, I don't understand why an orderly yet miserable life, wasting time on something you are not passionate about, only with the hopes of finally retiring a few decades into the future, if you even make it until then, is any better than a chaotic but enjoyable life, which entails spending time doing what you want and love to do, even if you have to forego your retirement yacht, which of course would be very nice, but who cares about it if you're not going to be around. I also bring this up because I know there are some people out there who think I'm wasting my time with this age corp venture. Rest assured, my dear friends, that I do not feel like I'm wasting my time, because I'm doing what I love and what I think brings more good to the world around me, rather than sitting in an office cubicle, wasting away, trying to pretend I care about what the boss has to say so that he might, just might, throw some bonus crumbs my way at Christmas time. No more. No thank you. But anyways, let's shift focus to ways that actually move the needle towards financial independence, rather than just dreaming about it or fearing the journey to the pinnacle. For this episode's personal finance topic, I've decided to discuss one of the most dreaded words in the financial language, insurance. First of all, full disclosure to you though, and that's to say that I am licensed to sell life and disability insurance. However, that is not why I'm bringing up insurance here. I'm licensed to help those whose financial portfolio dictates a need for insurance, but I do not go door to door to sell it. So this segment is not a sales pitch to you, rather it's a commentary. Whether warranted or not, insurance gets a bad rap in the world of personal finance. Many people have been groomed to think of slick-haired insurance salesmen showing up at their door and convincing them to sign up for insurance policies that are overly expensive and frankly, not really needed. When I think of insurance as a consumer, not as a financial planner, I think of a moment in my past when my father handled a sales call from an insurance salesperson with his usual tongue-in-cheek skill. After listening to the entire sales pitch, he calmly thanked the person for taking the time to make the phone call to him and ended with, quote, But I have so much insurance that my family is sharpening their knives as we speak, end quote. And with that, he let his comments sink in a bit. But when he got no response, he calmly hung up. Frankly, I have no idea how much insurance he had at the time, but it's a story that always brings a smile to my face. The fact is that he knew he had more than enough to cover his family's needs. The problem is his comment rings overly true for far too many people, for they truly are overinsured, a majority of whom are in such a position thanks to the slick selling skills of many agents. As a result, as soon as someone from the financial industry starts talking insurance, you can visibly see people clench up as if they're going in for a physical examination they'd rather not have to go through. This can be especially true if they've had a terrible experience with insurance in the past, where they were ripped off, and now think all insurance matters are nothing more than a ripoff. The truth is that insurance can be a valuable tool in one's financial portfolio, if and when it is used appropriately and in the right doses. When you're young, it's best used to protect your biggest asset, and that's the ability to earn an income to support yourself and your family. If there is the potential for a financial shock to your family situation, if you were to lose your life or ability to work due to a disability, 
then certain types of insurance may potentially be fitting for your financial portfolio. On the other hand, in older age, once you may have accumulated a decent-sized nest egg, insurance may be better used to transfer your wealth in a tax-efficient manner, or even in a way that bypasses your will and thus is not public knowledge. So for example, you have a desire to leave money to a charity upon your passing, but you don't want everyone to know about it? I hope you notice that I've used the word may quite often and not will. Insurance is not a one-size-fits-all solution, which is how it's been sold in the past. Each financial portfolio is unique and calls for different solutions. Without looking at specific cases, I cannot in good conscience tell you that one particular answer is right for you. For example, are you young and single? There isn't much reason to have life insurance in place unless you are heavily in debt and are worried your parents will be left with a burden should anything happen to you prematurely. But frankly, I'm yet to meet such a young person. Not a young person in debt, but a young person who's worried about leaving their parents with a massive debt load. But then there's disability insurance, which may be a better fit for you at first. But again, may be a better fit. It still depends on your specific situation. Of course, there's also the costs and benefits to consider of protecting physical assets, such as your house and your car. In such situations, some level of insurance is usually mandated by law, but how much more over and above the minimum do you actually need? At the end of the day, insurance is not something that should be feared and shunned, but rather reviewed to see if and how it would fit into your financial portfolio. The main thing is not to be pressured into buying policies based on fear and emotion. But also, don't put it off until it's too late. As the saying goes, you can't buy house insurance when your house is on fire. So, I hope that helps you dismiss some myths and concerns about insurance. If you do want to talk about your particular situation, don't hesitate to reach out to us. As you should know by now, we like to keep things objective around here. But now, on to the last segment of this episode, which I am titling Investment Professionals, The Next Generation. Yes, yes, I was a trekker in my youth, but don't hold that against me. I've been compelled to do so after reading a very interesting article titled, An Entire Generation of Investment Professionals Has No Idea What's Coming. The article was actually written in December, but it got lost in my pile of articles to read and or circulate to you. Thankfully, I've uncovered it because I think it sends an important cautionary point to all retail investors. And who are retail investors, you ask? Well, most likely you are. In other words, any investor that is buying investment advice. Frankly, it's also anyone whose investment portfolio is but a speck of dust on a coastline of sandy beaches, easily blown away, not noticeable, and having no effect on the grand scheme of things. And I'm not saying that to make you feel bad about your investment portfolio. I too am such an investor, at least in portfolio size. It's the reality of Wall Street. But that's why I'm here, to spread the financial word and help you get financially unsquared so that your financial independence actually takes fruit on your terms. Back to the article though, which points this highly important fact. Quote, There's now an entire generation of investment professionals around the world whose entire career, both professional and academic, has occurred during a period dominated by 0% interest rates, negative interest rates, QE and money printing, bank bailouts, and sovereign debt bailouts, end quote. Why is this important for retail investors to note? 
because the whole new generation of so-called investment professionals have been groomed to believe this is all normal and will continue over the course of their professional careers. They have been trained through courses and experience that the markets will forever go up and that bonds are forever safe. And they are now applying this eternal good news to your portfolios and thus to your financial independence. Frankly, this should scare the bejesus out of you. And yes, I get that you can argue that I too fit into that mold of next generation investment professionals based on my age and time in the financial industrial complex. The difference is that I have opened up my mind to possibilities and insights not told by the mainstream financial gurus. I've accepted that not everything is as it seems. And to nerd out for another moment here, I took Morpheus's advice from the Matrix and I freed my mind from the financial mainstream. That's why I'm here, unplugged from the main financial matrix that operates today's financial industrial complex. Last episode, I briefly reviewed the concepts of stocks and bonds. So if you haven't heard episode 18 yet, I suggest you have a listen after you listen to this one. So here, allow me to take a stab at explaining why the views of this new generation of investment professionals should be worrisome for you with a couple of samples. Firstly, with bonds. Long story short, being invested in bonds as interest rates are going down is a good thing. The reason why is somewhat complicated with not enough time to explain it here, but I will make a note to do a blog post to explain how it works. For now, please just work with me and accept this as truth. Interest rates have been dropping like flies since the early 80s. That's a time period of almost 40 years. That's almost my entire lifetime. This has resulted in a very, very, very long bull market for bonds, making newly minted investment professionals believe that all bonds are safe and nothing can possibly can go wrong with investing in them. Except, I just told you that bonds do well when interest rates are falling, and in the current environment, we are in a situation where interest rates are pushing higher. So logic dictates that bonds are set to perform poorly for the foreseeable future, and thus are not safe. Unfortunately, these new investment professionals have their sights fixed on the beauty of the rearview mirror and are ignoring the upcoming cliff as they drive your financial car. Now, shifting focus to stocks, or as the investment professionals will excitingly term it to make themselves look oh so very knowledgeable in front of you, your equity portion of your investments. QE, that is quantitative easing, and money printing has been pumping the stock markets full of money drugs for years. And I don't mean money that's been generated from drug sales. I'm just using it as a comparison. I know this is not a popular thing to say, but I stand by this belief. At some point, the drugs will need to be withdrawn from the patient, i.e. the markets, leading to a return to more realistic stock prices. I don't know when this will happen, but I firmly believe it will. We already hear the central banks rumbling about QT, or quantitative tightening, the opposite of QE. That's what the US Fed was talking about in October, which instigated the almost three-month tailspin in stock markets. Smart Money began withdrawing funds from the stock market before their ownership of that said money evaporated out of existence. The problem here that's relevant to this discussion is that this next generation of investment professionals strongly believes that all of these market uber highs are here to stay, so their clients need to just keep pumping their money into the markets to keep up with all the profits to be made. The spiked punch bowl just keeps fueling the party. But as I just mentioned, the so-called smart money, that is money that is not in retail hands, 
but in the hands of the chastised elite, is already starting to take notice of the changing tide and are making the proper yet difficult adjustments to their invested wealth. Right now, the markets are playing musical chairs, with the retail investors blindly playing along and not noticing that the chairs are quickly disappearing. Their professional guidance, who is new to the scene, is also blind to this fact because they've been groomed to think that the music just keeps on playing and that the chairs are bolted to the floor so they can't be removed. I don't want to end with you feeling I'm full of doom and gloom. I'm not. I'm actually excited about how I've been able to open up my mind to the facts that many others are blind to. I'm also thrilled that I finally have this opportunity to share what I see and think with those willing and open to listen. I want nothing more than for you to find financial independence and freedom from professionals who do not actually have your portfolio's best interests at heart. I don't want you blindsided by an avoidable iceberg. That's all. But anyways, thank you again so much for tuning into this podcast. It really does mean the world to me. This is a work that sparks joy for me. And yes, my wife has me watching Mary Kondo. So, as this week's 0.02% comes to a close, it would really, really, really make me happy if you could help me by doing the following three things. Number one, if you haven't already, please subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Jump on to www.ageonsquare.com and select your subscription platform there. Number two, if you think this is an excellent podcast, take the next step and leave me a rating and review on one of those podcast channels. Doing so will truly help us spread the word on Squared. Of course, I'd love a five-star rating if you're especially loving what you're hearing. And number three, to help spread the word on Squared even further, don't forget to share this podcast with just three of your family and friends. I can already tell some of you are doing so because the number of our listeners is growing. For that, I love you guys and truly appreciate your help. I also love interacting with you, so please join me at my Twitter water cooler under the at the original age handle. Jumping onto Snapchat and finding that same handle will also land you in the midst of an insider view of my hustle and grind. It's just raw age as I tackle the journey. And if you hunger for more content, jump onto our website www.agecorp.co. Lastly, and most importantly, if that last segment of this episode really struck a chord for you, remember that our free coffee still awaits you for when you're ready to sit down at your kitchen table for a no-pressure nor sleight-of-hand tactics conversation about your financial independence. If it's a good fit, I'd love to welcome you to our extended financial family. Until next time, my friends, stay safe, keep your integrity, and see you at the pinnacle.